Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. The show is a breakout from the CBS News Weekend Roundup, and every week we discuss issues including gender. Many in the nation watched a heart-wrenching hearing on Capitol Hill as Olympic gymnasts testified about the failure of the FBI to step in after they had reported sex abuse by the former USA Gymnastics doctor, Larry Nasser, Gold medalist Simone Biles in tears talking about the agencies in action. To be clear, I blame Larry Nasser, and I also blame an entire system that enabled and perpetrated his abuse. At least 70 athletes came forward to say Nasser abused them after the FBI was told about the allegations. Michaela Maroney was just 13 when she says she was first abused. By not taking immediate action from my report, they allowed a child molester to go free for more than a year. And this inaction directly allowed Nasser's abuse to continue. What is the point of reporting abuse if our own FBI agents are going to take it upon themselves to bury that report in a drawer. Nasser is serving a more than 100-year sentence, but a new report from the international human rights group Equality Now looks at loopholes in sexual violence laws in 35 countries in North, South, and Central America and the Caribbean. It calls on governments to do better protecting women and to get rid of stereotypes that perpetuate crimes such as rape. Lead study author Barbara Jimenez-Santiago says the gymnast testimony illustrates how authorities can fail women. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect defend and save what you believe in every single day so what makes a life a good one in the coast guard we think it's all of the above and more but you'll have to find out for yourself visit gocoastguard.com to learn more This is one of the, like, what happens and what is visibilized, what's visibilized yesterday is the day by day of many girls and adolescents especially. And it's very often that they're not believed during the system. Um, we, we see that through the whole America, through the whole continent. And when they, one of them speak up, usually no one believes them. I know this report covers 43 jurisdictions in 35 countries, North America, Central America, South America, and the Caribbean. And I read in here, I think that the protections for young women are even more lax in Latin America and in parts of the Caribbean. Is that right? Yes, it is. It is. Because we have in the in that in the lax system we have um, this provision that we call stupro. It is this a provision which includes um, an adult uh, raping an adolescent, usually between fourteen and eighteen, where under deceit or seduction, you know, have to have that manifestation that usually is without the use of force, um, and the penalties are significantly lower than the violation. The, yeah, the, the rape the rape um, articles or, or provisions in the penal codes. And that is, makes them more vulnerable, especially because sometimes the aggressors use that 
to because they know that they can be it can be a lot of impunity uh, and a very low uh, sentence. They or argue about it was seduction and it was you know one of this type of prescriptions. What it should be happening is like the rape recognize or includes all those circumstances and not making those hierarchies or those distinctions between what is better and what is wrong. It should be rape. Everything is rape and everything, a particular vulnerability like adolescence because of the circumstances that we were talking about that usually is not the use of force. Um, it should be penalt with a like a severe penalty and not lower penalty. I was going to ask you to explain that. So some laws in some places require require the victim to show that there was additional force for it to be designated as rape as opposed to consensual sex? Yes, yes. Like many of the laws in that we evaluate, like the majority of them, require the use of force. Um, 23 of the, of the 35 jurisdictions that we review. And they can have other articles that include other coercive circumstances or other type of, um, for example, this capacity or if the woman doesn't were able to resist. But even in that premise of that, the woman was not able to resist. Um, and as we know, many of, of, of the studies already said that many of the victims never react at the same way. Some of them get free, some of them stop, some of them doesn't understand what's going on and react later on. Um, so it's not normal. Like their laws doesn't recognize the nature and how the law, the sexual violence manifests. So basically what your, what your report shows is that laws across all of these jurisdictions or many of the laws across these jurisdictions basically allow the, the perpetrators to just get away with this. Exactly. It's a lot of impunity. It puts a burden to prove everything and to have evidence and, and, and physical evidence to the victims. And we know that many of the women cannot report, cannot talk and break the silence immediately. So once they do it, there's not, it's not evidence anymore. So traditionally, the, the, the laws are constructing that only premise that the woman was raped in the street by the stranger and they will go directly to the hospital and they do their test, you know, right? Um, and and don't, doesn't take in consideration um, when the perpetrator, the perpetrator used the coercion or exploitation position of power or, or they're married to the victim, right? Exactly, exactly. So we have those 23 countries that has to improve the law. Then we have 12 pretty much in the Caribbean where they have their base on consent because of the background of common law. Um, but they don't recognize that the consent has to be voluntary and genuine. So the burden of proof is not like the, like the people has when they get into a sexual relationship, they both have to know that they're consenting, right? It's not based on that. Um, so the proof is also difficult and in the practice are not working in the best way. Um, we have two countries that has ambiguous definition and that means that doesn't uh, define what rape means. And that's two countries in the Caribbean, that's Haiti and San Nevis and Kitts and San Kitts and San Nevis. Um, so at the end, we just found six countries that have comprehensive consent-based definition. Um, that's very, very low. 
So, Barbara, let me ask you, talk, give me a couple of things that Equality Now thinks should be done in countries that do not have clear definitions and have laws that are, you know, just full of loopholes. What, what, should, they, what should they do to fix this? You have to define rape and what rape, mean, and what rape means. The international standards already say that it has to be a, a willing consent, a voluntarily consent. And when you define that, you have to include the circumstances. Some of the penal codes, the good practices, even define what is consent in the sense it has to be, you know, um, explicit. You know, like that's other way to include in the in the in the penal code very spe- specific how consent means, but also include the course circumstances and other circumstances where are not too easy to recognize. Another another big part of this, and I'm running short on time, is teaching people to think about this differently, right? Because there are still the stereotypes out there that that act as if it's the woman's fault. Yes, and that's what the law should do, right? The law should recognize oh, what is in practice, what's happening in society with this relationship. It is a way also to educate and to show that that is different the way that we that that, that the sexual relationship manifests. Um, but also, it has to be together with other with other process. For example, it has to improve the access to justice, but the implementation as well. Work with the gender stereotype of everyone around the system to do sexual relation, sexual education appropriate for age, um, and to educate media and to educate everyone that is around it because everyone has their own gender stereotype. We have to start deconstructing those and um, let everyone join the fight to improve and access for, for the women. And even for those that doesn't want to use the system are able to find justice in other places that believe in them and, and support their, their story. That was Barbara Jimenez-Santiago at Equality Now. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Monday. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.